Hi, welcome to the Share Your Story podcast, a show that's dedicated to helping boomers make the best decisions and live their best lives. I'm host Patricia Raskin, and joining me again is guest host Wendy Burkhart, CEO of Silvernest, a home sharing service for baby boomers and empty nesters. In our first podcast of this series, we talked about the concept of the silver wave and how it's helping our country's boomers find companionship and affordable housing and financial stability. Today, we're taking a deeper look at the housing situation facing our aging population. And according to the U.S. Census, 80% of baby boomers own a home, and there are a number of both challenges and opportunities for those homeowners. Wendy, it's great to have you back. Thank you. Glad to be here today. One of the biggest questions I have is how do we sustain the housing needs of the aging population who want to remain in their homes and their communities that they love? And this especially relates to retirees and pre-retirees who may not be prepared financially. This is a conversation that we need to be having more of because more and more people are facing a crisis effectively in terms of their economic ability to stay within their home. 54% of households that are aged 65 and over are now cost burdened, meaning that they pay a significant percentage of their income for housing, over 30%. What's happening is I think as a result of some of that issue, we're starting to see more innovative living options sprouting up at the municipal, the community, and the university level. So models such as village to village, communal living, students and retirees cohabitating and pairing up together in an intergenerational model. Those are really the direct result of some of the conditions that we're currently facing with our population moving into a stage of retirement and aging. Do you see this particularly prevalent in cities with high housing costs? The short answer is yes. Certainly the early adoption on the Silverness platform orients in the uh, metropolitan areas, particularly because of the high cost of living and a lack of affordable housing. However, we do see strong interest in the rural areas. There are millions of spare rooms across the country that can actually be leveraged. A lot of us have extra bedrooms that are filled with the exercise equipment that we aren't using or the storage of stuff for one of our children. Those conditions exist not just necessarily in major cities, but in many places across the country. And we could really be taking advantage of those extra rooms mm-hmm. as another option or an alternative for affordable housing in our aging conditions. What's also interesting is that simultaneously, we're seeing millennials and Um, in particular those that are students facing a lot of economic hardship, particularly as it relates to student debt. And they unfortunately aren't in a position to buy a home or to pay market price rents in cities such as San Francisco, Boston, LA, New York. We're really at an interesting time and an interesting intersection of need for both our aging population and a younger audience. And I'm excited to hear from Barry today on the show because curious as to his thoughts about some of those conditions. We're so excited to have with us today really international nationally known Barry Habib, who is a professional speaker in the mortgage and real estate industry. Zillow gave him the Crystal Bowl Award for the number one accurate forecaster in real estate in the United States. And he also has had his own program on CNBC for 13 years. Wow, Barry. (laughs) Very impressive. That's very kind of you. You really understand the trends so well. What are the trends in housing for baby boomers and older? Home prices will remain healthy, probably appreciate at a bit of a more modest pace than they have been appreciating. But still, we do see appreciation because there's just more demand than there is supply. It's that simple. 
that's good news for the housing market. But you know, Wendy brought up a couple of really good points that can make it a little bit more difficult from an affordability standpoint for some of the younger people trying to enter the housing market. Now, some of it is actual hard numbers where it's a little bit more difficult for them to afford it. However, so much of it is misconception because the number one reason why people who are renting don't purchase a home is because they think they need 20% down. So it's just misconception. It's just the media does a very bad job. The second reason is, is it's relatively fresh in their mind and they're fearful. What if the housing market collapses again? That's an unlikely incident and it's holding them back from gaining a lot of wealth accumulation. And the media, they typically have a negative spin and a negative bias because that's what attracts eyeballs. So selfishly, the media wants to kind of scare you because you'll tune in. You won't tune in if somebody says, oh, everything's great. I just want to ask you about the supply and demand. So the supply is not as great for housing. So there's more students or more seniors looking for opportunities to rent and share, correct? There are more people needing housing right. uh, than there are homes available during what we would call a normal balance. A normal balance, there's about six months worth of homes on the market. Now there's about three and a half months worth of homes on the market. Yeah, we've got population growth. And you know, you guys dialed it in too when you talk about seniors because there's financial need and then there's other needs that potentially are more important than that and there's companionship needs. Right. So believe it or not, 4 million people a year turn age 65. I mean, think about that, 4 million people a year. That's you know 1.3% of our population in the United States every year crosses over into above 65. 15 years from now, more than 20% of the US population will be in that demographic. And also remember another thing, thanks to medicine, we're living a lot longer. Right. So we're living a lot longer than people had planned for what their retirement savings may last. And we're also living a lot longer to where our health needs and concerns and companionship needs may change. That's why I love the stuff that Silvernest is doing. I know people in my family that have benefited from arrangements where instead of living on their own and having the burden of not just the expense, but you know what? The loneliness of it, which there are things that happen to your brain when you don't exercise and you don't communicate right. that have found companionship and sharing of costs to alleviate problems financially, but also sharpen skills mentally. It is really an important need that's going to become more and more acute as time goes on because we are aging. What do you see in the future with the population growth of 4 million people a year turning 65? By 2030, 25% of Americans will be 65 or older. Use your crystal ball. I see some of the diseases that we currently are suffering through being eliminated or eradicated or being dealt with where it will not affect longevity. Mm -hmm. I also see the aging process. There is so much from biotechnology that is working on the aging process. I could tell you firsthand, I really hope that this comes together quickly for me. There are a lot of things that can reprogram the aging process. Yes. And, yep. and that means we're going to be living longer. Now, this is just going to put more demand on housing. It's going to make housing costs increase. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have to understand that in this age of Airbnb and rideshare and all of the things that the current world is moving towards, shared housing is one of the things that is going to be more and more commonplace. Wendy, any comments on this? We're in a really interesting time right now because the emergence of the sharing economy has dramatically changed. To Barry's point, we're going to live longer than ever before. Yay, I think. <laughs> 
<laughs> we, um, and we're in this interesting time when the biotechnology is going to enable so much that we can't even really predict yet. Um, and the sharing economy certainly now begins to change the landscape of our aging experience as we move forward. So five or six years ago, when we thought about services like Airbnb and Uber, and they felt really unusual or uncomfortable. I know even the first time that I ever thought about taking an Uber, it felt really odd. Now those have become commonplace. I'll ask audiences if they've participated and you'll get almost 100% response in a room. And what that really means is that the economics of the sharing economy really begin to offer us new solutions. Home sharing is just one of those solutions that I think will be sort of at the forerunner of some of these significant changes that are going to come. Barry? There's also some financial needs too. You know, uh, I think more and more things like reverse mortgages will become in vogue because yeah. what a reverse mortgage will do for people really is two things. One is stop the outflow of payments. So if you have 15 years left on your mortgage or 10 years or 20 years, whatever it is left in mortgage payments, stopping that cost can be a big help because now what a reverse mortgage does is it stops those costs and then it monetizes a portion of the equity that you have remaining, assuming you have enough equity remaining. And many people do because we've seen so much appreciation, especially in the past five years in many markets around the country. People have a ton of equity in their home. They can monetize that and actually take payments to themselves over time, really for their entire lifetime or for a specific period. And what that really does for them is it gives them another source of income. And I think these things are going to be more and more and more important and more and more and more in vogue as we continue to age because they're going to be needed. The cost of living is not going down. We know that. But things are going to get more expensive and we're going to have to find solutions for that because there's just more people. I mean, you look at cities, it's kind of like a window into the future. If you look around the world, some of the busier cities like a Hong Kong, there are several people living in the same home together as commonplace. This is quite common. And it used to be where families would do that, where the uncle would live with the brother. Well, you know, they would do that. Now it's strangers doing this. They have to. And, you know, where Sylvanus might put two different people or two different groups together or families together, whatever it is, they're doing seven or eight different groups that are in, in one place. <laughs> the upside of that is, is, you know, expanding your mind a little bit, learning new things as you get older. You know, many times we're so set in our ways. Now we have to learn the ways of someone else and the way they think and maybe even their culture. So that could be a good thing. It would be interesting to say the least, right? What would you say, both Wendy and Barry, when you downsize? And a lot of people are looking at this. What are the pros and the cons of downsizing? Everyone has a unique situation. And that's one of the things that we're always very quick to say. Home sharing is not going to be the ultimate solution for everyone. Reverse mortgages, I agree with Barry, I think are going to become in vogue. They're a wonderful tool that can offer a lot of value. And I think that home sharing complements the reverse tool in many ways. And we're doing some fun things in that space together right now. But certainly downsizing is another alternative for certain individuals. My hope would be that by the introduction of home sharing and reverse would actually mitigate individuals' having to make a hard choice to downsize if they weren't quite ready to do so. However, certain individuals in certain circumstances, that may be a really, really good choice. We actually just did that ourselves. My husband and I sold our house and moved into a 1,500 square foot apartment in downtown Denver, and it's been a heck of a lot of fun. So I think it's really based on unique circumstances and personal circumstances and really choice. And I think that's what we're talking about today is enabling choice and allowing as many options as possible for folks to feel like they can tap into to what works best for them. If they want to stay in their home, if they want to downsize, how can we make it as easy as possible for folks to have those solutions? All good points. And I, I tell you too, you know, the days where the McMansions were in vogue, there's kind of a reversal of that now. We're seeing yes. 
true. We're seeing smaller homes being built. We're seeing people desirous of smaller homes. And some of that is the demographic shift where you're seeing exactly what you talked about, which is the downsizing. So listen, downsizing is just common sense, right? I don't need the extra two bedrooms. So why am I paying for that square footage? Why am I paying the maintenance? Do I really need to be out figuring out who's going to do the landscaping for me? More time for me. As you get a little older, this is your time, okay? Maybe you realize that this is your time becomes much more valuable, right? You realize the fact that we are finite, right? So, you know, when you're 20 years old, you think you're going to live forever, but you start to realize that there's some sort of a, some sort of a timer on things, the older that you get. So do you really want to spend your time with cleaning and maintaining and, and, and yard work and things like that? Or would you rather enjoy life? And by the way, it also frees up cash for many people. Mm-hmm. Sell the bigger home, free up some cash, buy something a little smaller. I want to bring up an important point here. I still think home ownership is a very good idea. Many people say, well, maybe I'll sell my home and rent. There could be circumstances where that might work. But remember that by owning a home, your payment kind of freezes, which is a good thing that rents going to more than likely go up. You will gain appreciation because the market conditions will be favorable. You will gain the benefit of part of your payment going back to you in amortization and you get leverage. The dollars that you put into the property have a multiple on them because simplicity, you bought a $100,000 home with $10,000 down. If that home went up by 5% because you only put 10% down, you made 50% on your investment. You are able to really create wealth and that's important for people, especially as they get older, to continuously do that because if they live longer and longer and longer, they will need that wealth creation to continue. So really sharing in this way with the home sharing will help them to keep their wealth. Clearly, I agree. Plus it helps, as you said, with the companionship factor. So it's not just financial. This is such an important aspect, you know, and it's never talked about, but keeping your mind sharp, having a companion. This is, it is so, I have seen it firsthand, the difference that it makes. It's almost like a miracle, the benefit that is there. People don't talk about it. It's much more intangible. But let me tell you something. This may be the most important aspect, more important than the dollars. Mary, thanks so much. This has been enlightening. Wendy, any closing thoughts here? I just want to say thank you, Barry, because your expertise is incredibly invaluable. And I think many of the points that you brought to the discussion today are things that we should be talking about more openly and as part of our normal conversation as part of the aging process. So thank you very much. And I'm looking forward to seeing what happens in the next five or 10 years. And to Barry's point, we're renting, but we are looking to buy again for all the reasons he just described. Ladies, you're doing such important work in helping people and in also getting people to understand what's going on. So I thank you for all the good things that you're doing out there. So it's been a pleasure to spend time with you. Thank you. you. Barry, how can people find you? Our company is mbshighway.com. My email is barry at barryhabib.com. So yeah, we're pretty easy to find. So if people want to know what's happening in the real estate world, you're there. You're you're helping, you're forecasting, and you're on CNBC as well. You know, I have my own show on there for 13 years, did quite a bit on Fox as well. But now, you know, I've been doing so much speaking that that's more consumed me than anything else, which is really nice for me as well. And I've got a new book coming out in the next few months, which I'll alert you to when it does. Please do. So we can talk again. Thanks so much, Barry. Bye-bye now. Bye. Thanks, Wendy. Bye-bye. That wraps up this segment. We're going to be coming back with another great segment for you. It's just so important what we talked about today. Really be thinking about what can you do? What are all the advantages of Maybe not downsizing, but staying in your home and bringing in an incredible person who will teach you some new things as well as you can teach them. Next, uh, we'll be talking to Joy Laverde. She is a consultant in the mature market industry, so stay tuned for our next podcast. You're really going to enjoy it. I'm Patricia Raskin. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 